This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name? the show where I will uncover the stories of domestic abuse survivors. I'm your host, Maya Hooper. Hi, my name is Nikki, and I am 27 years old. Um, When this took place, I was 19, and it happened in 2013. He and I met in high school. We had a lot of like similar interests and a lot of mutual friends, so I kind of knew who he was. I really didn't get to know him until we both went to summer school, and that was my junior going into senior year, and from there we became really close friends, and from then on we're always together. I had gone to a different school that was a few hours away than he did, so he and I were really excited to see each other for winter break, and it just so happened that one of my teachers had called and told me that my um, my final had gotten lost, mm-hmm. so that if I wanted to pass the class, I had to come back and take it, and so... I didn't really want to go alone because there weren't very many people still on campus. And I asked if he wanted to come just for kind of like a one night trip just to go back and take the test. And he had said yes. And so I went back, I took the test. And then that night he suggested that we go to a party. But, uh, Of course, there weren't very many parties going on because it was winter break and everyone had already gone home. So I did find somebody that I knew who was older who could buy us alcohol, and we decided to just stay and hang out in my room. So we did invite a friend of mine who was still on campus who happened to go to high school with us. So he knew her decently well. Um, and throughout the night, we just continued drinking, and he slowed down more than I did, but he was also encouraging me not to slow down because he was, um, which in hindsight, I probably should have realized, but at the time I didn't, um, and so I knew my friend was planning on spending the night and so I felt you know pretty safe and of course I had always felt safe with him up until this point um so I don't remember everything there are some big blackout periods um but when I woke up in the morning everything in my room was kind of like thrown on its side or flipped over um My dorm, the way it was set up, had, 
like really big like bulky plywood furniture that was on wheels and you could put all of your furniture underneath your bed because your bed could raise pretty high. I think it's standard in most bedrooms or dorm rooms. But um, because my friend was spending the night, the plan was always that he was going to spend or at least sleep in my bed. And at the time it wasn't odd, but um, he was in the bed with me and we had snacks the night before. So there were like goldfish all over the floor and the like wheeling desk chair was kind of on its side. And basically just like all the dresser and all the furniture was either flipped or like pushed from where it was because the dresser initially was tucked under the bed. So I'm not exactly sure what happened that all of that kind of came out from under the bed. But um, the room was kind of the first thing that caught my attention because like I said, it was kind of in shambles and everything was flipped over and there was food everywhere. And my friend also was not there. Um, and then kind of when I got out of the bed was when I started realizing like what was going on with me as well. Um, so when I got out of bed, I was fully dressed, but my head hurt really bad. And not just like a hangover headache, but like I had been hit with something in the head and it was very odd to me um, and then so I automatically just started like cleaning up I didn't really know what to do in the situation and I think it was because I was really good friends with him and trusted him a lot so that thought never really occurred to me and so I was just kind of automatically making up excuses that didn't involve him um more so like oh like we must have gotten really drunk something must have happened this was kind of like a drunk action um but as I started walking around I started realizing that my whole body hurt and it wasn't just my head um everything was just extremely sore and so after I had kind of cleaned up a little bit I went to the bathroom and that that's more when I saw myself and um, the biggest thing that you could see was that my hair was extremely tangled on one side um, it kind of felt like it had just been like teased over and over again and so I kind of freaked out because again I still hadn't fully pieced together what had happened so my freaking out was more of like an embarrassment of like, oh no, did I get so drunk that this is what my state is? Mm. Um, but I was also like very puffy in my face. Um, and so I just kind of went straight to the bath or straight to the shower and got in. And I was probably in there for a good hour. Um, one because my hair, like I said, was in such a mess that it was really hard to untangle. And two, because I started piecing things together after looking at my body when I was in the shower. Um, I did have a little bit of like bruising on like my thigh area. And that also really 
perch, just the entire area. Um, and like I said, just everything was very puffy. And that's kind of when I started piecing things together of what happened. Like I said, I do have um, like some blackout periods. Mm. But um, I still didn't know at the time if what I was starting to think was real or not. And so I didn't quite say anything, but at that point I was kind of on guard. Um, when I came out, he was pretty normal. Um, he had just kind of already gotten dressed and was ready to go. Um, cause the plan was always to just like maybe grab breakfast and leave in the morning. Um, but at that time I kind of had an idea of what was happening, so I didn't really want to do a whole lot with him and I was still trying to figure out what had happened. So we ended up just skipping breakfast and going straight home and the entire way there, he was pretty normal. Um, there were like some quiet periods, but for the most part he was pretty normal and, um, so when I was getting close to his house, because um, for me it's kind of ironic that I drove him home, but um, I wanted to know what happened because to me the things that I was starting to remember, um, I didn't really know if they were real or not or if I was just trying to fill in the pieces or um, what was kind of happening. I didn't want them to be true because we had a really good friendship so I thought up until that point um and that was not the person that I thought he was so I didn't really want it to be true mm -hmm. but um I asked him like what happened last night and this was when we were pretty close to his house so I probably should have asked earlier but um he kind of just like paused for a little bit and then when we had got to his house he was kind of like ready to go and before leaving he just made the comment of like well you didn't always want it and that comment kind of solidified what I thought had happened and so from that point I realized that what I remembered was true and they were memories and not me just trying to fill in um what could have possibly happened and um, kind of realized what he meant by like you didn't always want it and it kind of explains like why my head hurt so badly because one of the memories that I did have was like being hit in the head and that comment kind of just made sure that it did happen um and then I started remembering other things of like yes this was rape and it did happen and um, in a lot of ways, it was like a rape and an assault, like a sexual and a physical, because like I said, I didn't, um, I didn't want to believe it, but he was hitting me to kind of make me stop arguing with him or just, I guess, give him what he wanted. Yeah. I think that it's like pretty, it's pretty crazy, like experiencing rape alone and 
that situation, like that someone faces is an awful experience that nobody should have to experience. Um, I think that sometimes it's limited in our minds to think that, you know, it happens like between two strangers um, or a girl walking alone at night to her car in an alleyway, or, you know, this happened to you from somebody who not only did you know, but somebody who was one of your close friends, someone you went to high school with, someone we went to high school with, and you don't think that it could be you until it is. And you didn't think that this person was capable of doing something like this. And even though hearing your story, like just listening to you piece together, everything's adding up to assault, but you're like, your mind is like, there's no way that this person would be capable of doing something like this. And so you're trying to figure out, you know, if you're just like trying to make a story out of it until finally, like the memory started to resurface, but it's pretty scary to hear that. Like you knew this person, you were friends with this person. You spent hours on the phone talking to this person. Like this person was invested in your life. And then to know that, you know, he took advantage of you in that night and assaulted you. I mean, it's, it's truly awful. And like, it's just, it's terrifying to be honest. To me, that's kind of the worst part of the story. Like, of course, no one should ever have to experience this. But I think for me, it just made it so much worse because, like you said, he was someone who I did spend a lot of time with and who up until that night I was very close with. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like I just never expected that from the person and it wasn't anything that previously I thought would ever be in his character or something that he was capable of but it also really kind of of course it made me sad but it also made me feel very betrayed because um and of course like if he did it to anyone it would be horrible but um I guess it also just made me realize that the friendship that we had didn't mean as much as I thought it did because, um, like, for me, I wouldn't do anything to, anything even simple to kind of ruin that friendship. And, of course, this was a huge action that ruined the friendship altogether. But um, it just kind of showed me that our friendship wasn't what I thought. So knowing that information and having the, and having the trauma resurface and it, experiences how did it affect you what happened after um so after like I said it was winter break and it was the start of winter break so um once I dropped him off I went back to my parents house and you know just tried to act (laughs) as if nothing happened um when in all reality I was still very confused and trying to piece things together and kind of um, kind of give myself all the information that I needed because like I said we had been drinking the night before and um, not even just with drinking but I think my body's like natural um, response to try to protect myself like there was blackout periods so I was really trying to piece that all together and it took a long time um, 
even like once I had gone back to school, I was still very much like in my head and focused on the event. Um, as a person, I don't really like to share my feelings with other people unless they're like happy feelings. Um, I just don't like to make my problems other people's problems. And so I didn't tell anyone. And um, it's a lot to process by yourself. And so I became very like stressed out about things and I was also trying not to let anyone know that anything happened so I was kind of acting um, you know just as if nothing happened but um, like I said it took me a really long time to process things and in doing so I kind of made myself sick um, and not like sick sick but I had a lot of colds and infections that semester just because you know even though I was acting as if nothing going on I really wasn't focusing and taking as good care of myself as I should have just because I was so stressed out about what was happening and trying to make sense of it all um eventually probably a month or so after I had gone back um I was talking to my mom and she had brought it up before not you know what happened but she had brought up like you acting kind of weird is everything okay what's going on and I would always tell her that no like it's fine I'm just stressed or I'm this or I'm that but um finally she had asked just kind of flat out like when you guys came back like did he rape you and I wasn't expecting just yeah. a flat out like, question like that. But um, I mean, obviously, as my mom, she knows me very well. And um, my parents, they obviously let it happen, but they weren't exactly like thrilled that I chose to take a guy with me. Mm. But um, they kind of did the same thing I did of like, oh, well, they're like best friends there's nothing like sexual or attraction in their relationship so they kind of were like eh, is it the best like do we like it no but do we think anything is going to happen no and so they let us go but um I think once she realized that as soon as I came back I started acting weird right. she um kind of started piecing things together so um yeah that took me off guard and I had told her yes, and um, she didn't really push. Um, I think it's just because she knows my nature, and my nature is not to, um, you know, like, talk out my feelings. And so she kind of just said, like, well, if you're not going to talk to me, you need to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of realized she was right, so I started seeing – the counselor on campus twice a week yeah. and um, I think she kind of realized that I wasn't processing information and I was just kind of stressing myself out and not really allowing myself to process everything yeah. and so she had put me on like antidepressants and anxiety medication at that point point. Mm -hmm. um, and then 
Um, I mean, at that point, like, things did start um, coming back just because I think I let my guard down and I started talking about it. So it kind of allowed myself to believe that it was a little bit more real because at that point, even though I knew I, it happened, I knew that once I started really feeling it, it would be hard to get out of. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just like more memories started coming up. Um, like I started remembering the friend who was there who was drinking with us. She decided to go back to her dorm room and um, I never really quite find out found out why she decided to go back because I didn't talk to her about it. Um, one, because at the time I just wasn't ready for sharing. And then two, I didn't want her to feel any guilt for leaving, even though she just was unknowing. Um, I just didn't want to put that in her head. Um, and then I also started, um, like questioning certain things and like kind of realizing how twisted the situation was. Um, like I mentioned earlier, when I had gotten up, part of the reason why everything was like so slow to process was because I was fully dressed. Mm-hmm. So like even though my entire body hurt and like my head especially really hurt, when I looked down without looking in the mirror, this was what I expected to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so then questions started like coming up in my head too of like well I know this for sure happened and um I know like certain other events that happened in this situation so why was I fully dressed so I started questioning like well did he dress me after or at some point did I kind of come back and like realize what was happening and dress myself and like that aspect I don't have any memory of but to me like both situations are both a little bit eerie Mm. um but just I started realizing a lot more things and um like in my daily life like you asked it took me a really long time to bring myself back to like the reality of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, for a long time, I was just kind of going through the motions and putting on a happy face of like, well, this is what you're supposed to be acting like. Like, this is your normal character. Yeah. Um, and so while I was like present, I wasn't actually like mentally there or like my mental health wasn't great at the time, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of like a trance that I was in for a little bit. Um, like just kind of felt like autopilot and I slowly started noticing that, um, I stopped making like meaningful friendships with men. Um, um, like in high school and up until that point, I had a lot of really good friends that were, you know, men. And even to this day, like looking back, there, there are very few, like, male friends that I have that I continue to, like, continue to be friends with throughout the years. Um, My, like, long-term meaningful friendships all shifted to women. 
And I think that was just, um, like I said, it, because we were such good friends, it felt like a big betrayal on top of everything else. So I think I just had like a bad taste in my mouth for friendships with men. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the, yeah, and I didn't really date much either. Um, I went on dates, but I didn't actually, like, date anyone long-term. Do you feel like that experience changed, like, the way that you date or the people that you chose to date after that? Um, I definitely think it did, because, um, and I think I may have made this choice either way, um, but, like, in high school, I always had a boyfriend. Um, like, there would be very, like, small windows in between when I was dating someone and when I wasn't. And granted, like, all of those relationships were, like, middle school, high school. Ne- they were never going to last. <laughs> but, um, well, like I said, once this happened... I stopped kind of dating. Um, I would go on dates with people, and but it was always just one or two. Um, like, I never wanted to get to the point where I was, you know, like emotionally dependent on a person or um, like any way attached to a person. Um, and so in doing that, I kind of dated like the hookup culture and that was just kind of my college experience and um I kind of look back and think like well would it have been better if I dated people but I don't necessarily think that it would have because well like hookup culture is not at all ideal it was like my choice that I made for like for myself Mm. and so in a weird way I think I needed that to kind of get over things and be ready for a relationship because this was my choosing and it was like solely my choice right I think that's really interesting because like I feel like um I know that we've talked about that before and like the more like when as I'm in going through this process as I'm interviewing other um, people to hear their stories I mean, the common denominator is that um, after an assault, they tend to become more promiscuous and they just, um, but while having difficulty attaching to others, right. And wanting to be vulnerable with others. And so like in replacement of like a relationship, there's just like kind of this thing of, you know, like casual sex or like hooking up with different guys and Like, I know that for some people they think like, well, like, wouldn't it be the opposite? Like if something like that happens, like, wouldn't you not want like anyone to touch you? Which like for some people it can like trigger PTSD and then like maybe like the the memories could come back or you have like, um, yeah, PTSD of, of the night. But I never really looked at it like that. And I think that a lot of people probably think like, why am I like this? Or like, why I know this, you know, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but like, why can't I? 
why do I keep like jumping around or like hooking up with different guys? And I think that's, it's very, it's a very normal response to having trauma. Um, and the thought that like doing it is because you feel in control and you get to choose who that person is. It actually, it makes a lot of sense in my head. And it, it was something I've never, I never have looked at it like that. And I think that it, I can see that, like, I think, um, sort of solidifying some things for other people as well, because it's a very good point. And I think um, being able to to decide and make the decision and choose who you do it with and when you do it um, at a time where you weren't able to choose it and you, you know, you didn't have permission. He didn't have permission. Yeah, I think it definitely helped me um, <clears throat> not heal, but I think if I had just, you know, not dated anyone or kind of not done things the way that I did, I think that I would have like a much different relationship with intimacy in general. Like you said, um, like I got to choose who and when things happened. So it kind of made me realize that like, yes, you still have control of your body and like you still have control over what happens to it, regardless of someone taking that away. Um, and when this all happened, like I was only 19. So when it came to intimacy, like I had extremely limited um, experience. And so for me, it was more so realizing like things don't have to be the way that they were that night. Um, and um, like you said, like just being completely in control of who and when really was just like a mental healing thing in itself, just because I knew that I had the choice and that I had the control still. Right. Yeah. Did you tell anybody after the assault? Um, I didn't really tell people. Um, the first person who knew was obviously my mom because she just flat out asked. Um, and again, it was just kind of her intuition and knowing who I am. And so um, once she knew, my family did come and visit. Um, for a day just because she knew that I needed a little bit of support. No one else knew why they were there, but um, it was really nice because we went to like a national park that was close and it was just like a really good family day that I needed at the time. The next time that somebody knew, it was actually kind of a weird experience because it was actually kind of like my climax and like my tipping point all in the same time. Um, we went to rival schools, and so every year the schools would take turns hosting a football game. And so this year was back in my hometown, so I went back, and I was with some friends. And, I mean, obviously I knew that he could potentially be there because um, there's, like, huge tailgates before the games and I knew that he, like, would definitely be at a tailgate, um, but it was just everyone went. 
So I knew that it was a possibility, but I was just really hoping that it wouldn't happen. <laughs> and um, I didn't see him, but one of his really good friends came over to me and was like, oh, hi, like, did you know that so-and-so is here? Like, he's over there, like, you should go say hi. And I didn't really know what to say, and I didn't think that, like, he would ever tell anyone what he did. So um, I just kind of responded, like, oh, like, we're not friends anymore. He just kind of had, like, a really odd look on his face, and he was just kind of like, oh, like, I didn't know that, and um, just kind of walked away, which at the time was kind of like, yeah, I'm glad you don't know that, but at the same time, it kind of just showed how little he cared, I guess, because, like I said, we were really good friends, so while I didn't expect him to tell anyone what he did, I would have assumed that in, I think it was almost about a year-ish that this had happened and we hadn't talked, I would have assumed that at some point he would have told his other good friend that we weren't friends anymore, but it just kind of showed how, how nonchalant the whole thing was to him, but um, once... I kind of knew that he was there. Um, that was the only time that I kind of felt like fear. Um, and so I kind of lost it for a second and I ran into this area that there wasn't very many people and um, I was crying and I was like trying to call my mom and all of these things and she just kind of stopped and went over and she didn't say anything she just kind of gave me like a huge hug which I'm really thankful for this stranger <laughs> um but yeah she just kind of gave me this like massive hug and just kind of like soothed me and told me everything was going to be okay and just kind of like when I um caught my breath a little bit she was just kind of like, are you okay? What's going on? Like, how can I help you? And that was probably like the first and only time that I've ever said like out loud anything. And um, I just kind of told her like, well, my rapist is here. And, you know, at that moment, her whole face just kind of changed and she just continued to hug me and um, like asking me like, do we need to call someone like does someone need to pick you up like she offered if I wanted to go like sit in her car and she would like wait with me until someone came mm -hmm. um and you know ultimately like I did get a hold of my mom and we talked it out and I decided to stay but that was just kind of one of the times that was really like meaningful for a stranger's kindness and like I said that was just kind of the climax because that is to my knowledge, the first and only time that we've been in the same area um, since it happened. Wow. Um, and then the next person that I told um, was my husband. Uh, he and I had met when um, we were both in college and we were going to school in separate states actually, which I'm very thankful for now in hindsight. But um, it was really hard to tell him and he doesn't know the full story. He just knows that I was right. What was the most painful part of your story looking back? I think the most painful part was just waking up. Um, 
like once I grounded myself and kind of took a look around of what I like the room that I was in is when everything started kind of coming down all at once because I was very confused as to like what happened and I was trying to make sense of it and um like like I said like once I stood up everything started to like feel painful like that resolution so I was really confused and I think now what makes it so painful is just looking back and realizing that I was trying to like make excuses for him and the situation because I didn't want to believe that what had happened had happened. Like mm -hmm. I was trying to find logical explanations in things. Mm -hmm. And um, even though I kind of felt as if that's what happened, I also realized that like if I was going to say anything or if, you know, I was going to accept that as be true. Like I had to make sure that that's what it was. So I was kind of in this array of like, I can't remember any, like everything, but I think I know what happened, but this isn't the person that I know. So I was trying to act as normal as possible. And so, um, like I said, I got in the shower and I was in there for probably like an hour just trying to make sense of things and I really wanted to make myself look as normal as possible um, for whatever reason that was like really important to me is that I looked and acted normal hmm. and so I think it was just painful kind of trying to fix myself up to like put on this face of normalcy. What was like your thought process in that moment? No, I definitely think you're right about pretty much everything you said. Um, like rape is a very uncomfortable subject for anybody. Yeah. Um, like anyone, whether you've experienced it or not, like it doesn't get talked about very mm -hmm. often. And so usually when you do hear about it, it's from like a media perspective and like you said, like, it's always a constant, like, victim blaming thing. Right. And so up until that point, I had never thought that I would find myself in this situation that I was in. So the only kind of meant, and it just wasn't really anything that I had thought about very often. So the mentality that I had was kind of just the ones that I'd always heard and I started questioning myself of like, well, did I bring this upon myself? Or like, kind of like you said, well, like I brought him here. I invited him to sleep here and all of those things. Right. Um, and I started kind of realizing like the red flags throughout the night that I just hadn't noticed because of our relationship. So yeah, I definitely, for a small amount of time, especially that first day, kind of while I was trying to figure it out I was trying to find like my my piece of the puzzle and like my contribution to what happened I mm. mean in reality there is none but at the time like I was almost embarrassed that it happened right and so like you said like I just put myself together I was really puffy so I 
just kind of like did my makeup a little bit extra to try to cover the puffiness because I like I said I just wanted to be as normal as possible and I think especially at that time because I hadn't quite put all the pieces together so I started questioning like am I making this into a huge deal when it's nothing am I um like am I letting myself go to this place where it's not like I just really started questioning myself right so what would you say um to the people who are listening I know that these are two questions that we ask I ask at the end of every episode I ask in season one and season two and I do want to hear your vision and dreams but I think that this kind of plugs into like what you would say to our listeners as a tip because I think that there are probably a lot of I know that there are a lot of people listening who have experienced assault and I guess even just, I mean, we don't, I would hope that nobody listening would have to experience assault, but, um, one in three women are going to experience, um, some sexual assault. And so like, it's a very real topic. And I think one of my biggest hopes in this season is that it helps people to know they're not alone and, it helps for um, people who've experienced it to know that their stories are in vain and it prepares people who unfortunately may experience assault to know what to look out for, to know, to, to be able to prevent it before it happens, to know how to handle it once it happens and what you're supposed to do and, you know, really talking about these things. Um, and so what would you say, just like considering everything that we just talked about and like even moments after and the self-inflicted like, um, way of like, kind of like cleaning up the mess and covering it up. I think that like, that's actually the opposite of like what, what we should do. That is something that, that I think a majority all do. Um, because that's just like, or that's just what we do. We try to fix it and try to like cover it up and, and we don't know how to like, it's a a heavy thing to process like that. You don't, you're not thinking logically in those moments after an assault. Um, but what are some things that you would encourage somebody listening? Um, I guess, considering your experience and kind of like what you've learned after this, what you may do differently. Um, I mean, from the point of like what you've just said, like it is kind of interesting because, you know, growing up, you're prepared for, you get prepared for a lot of things and a lot of like emergency situations, but, um, this is not one of them. And I think it's because it's an uncomfortable topic and, you know, the solution for a lot of people is like, well, just don't put yourself in that situation and it won't happen. Right. Um, and that's just not true. (laughs) Um, so from a perspective of like, if you ever unfortunately find yourself in this situation, um, like you said, like your first instinct is to kind of make it all go away. And like, for me, I wasn't thinking logically and I wasn't thinking long-term. I just wanted to make the problem go away. And so looking back from my experience, um, I would say don't like completely let your guard down just because you have a relationship with a person. Um, I think I mentioned it earlier in the episode, but 
there were a few red flags that I would like identify now looking back at it, but at the time it seemed normal because of our relationship and because of our friendship. Um, so in all reality, I did like let my guard down more than I would with anybody else. Um, and in doing so, I didn't necessarily see the warning signs. Right. But um, I would also say just if you did happen to find yourself in the situation that you do, um, just take a moment to really breathe and think about like long-term things. Because had I kind of processed better, I may have taken pictures of things and... Not even to say, like, oh, I am going to, like, press charges. But um, trauma is a funny thing. And for me, at least, I really started questioning my own, like, memories and different things because I didn't want them to be true. And, like, even now, today, like, I'm, I've processed the situation and it's, like, a horrible piece of my life. But it doesn't necessarily affect me on a day-to-day basis again, like as it did before. But there are times where even now I wonder, like, if this happened, like, at the age you are now, like, would you look at it differently? And, like, just having, like, concrete things could sometimes really help you process, even if you don't plan on pressing charges. But um, just on, like, a more personal note... I would say, like, don't blame yourself Mm -hmm. or, like, wonder, like, I did, like, what you did to put yourself in this situation because in all reality, like, you did nothing. Um, I tried to make excuses for a long time and kind of, like, blamed myself, but the reality is, like, it doesn't matter what I did or what I was wearing or how much I drank or where we were, Mm -hmm. like, the maliciousness that was in his heart that caused this to happen was always going to be there. Yeah. And, like, regardless of, like, if I was meant to be part of his story or not, like, his actions were always going to be part of his story, regardless of if I was or not. Wow. And to me, that's just, like, really important to think about because in times like this it is kind of like a self-blame but the reality is like you did nothing to cause this person to do what they did wow that's so good that's like so so good um because I think like (laughs) even just people standing and looking on the outside I think that there's a lot of comments and views about this topic and people can get very opinionated about this topic of well maybe if she wouldn't have had um I I just I feel inclined to share this I don't know why but I'll just add this in really quick like when I was like like 10 or 11 I was at the store with my mom and that was kind of like, maybe I was like 12 or 13 actually. And I was like entering that kind of like preteen stage where like, you are like, you know, developing and you're like growing up and you're, you know, thinking more about boys and, you know, being a teenager. And I had these, this pair of shorts and they were pretty short 
And my mom had kind of given me a hard time about them, but I wanted to wear them. And like, you know, she didn't know any, I was like, you don't know anything. These are not, you know, these are fine. And so she was like, all right. Like, and they were not like looking back. I mean, they were just shorts, but they were a little too short. And I was at a store and my mom um, was like, had sent me somewhere to go grab something for her. And I was standing in this aisle and this older man came up behind me and he like stuck his hand actually underneath my like bottom. And yeah. it happened so swiftly though. And so quickly that he like bumped into me, but like didn't. And it was obviously an intentional thing. He right. He grabbed me and um, luckily somebody had seen it. Um, like a, a worker was following him around the store because I guess he had done this to multiple women right before me. And um, so that was enough for them to grab him. And then it, the police came and I was actually, yeah, I was, I think I was 13. And so in the state of New Mexico, they can't arrest him because I was not technically a minor or like, I wasn't like a child anymore. Like there's like this age gap where there's this law here. I don't really understand it, but my point is that I remember someone saying something about my shorts and I remember holding like a lot of guilt in that area for a long time, because I was like, if I wouldn't have worn these shorts, then he wouldn't have touched me. But it's like, no, um, it doesn't matter. Like you said, what you're wearing, it doesn't matter how much you drink. It doesn't matter um, whether or not in the beginning it was mutual until it wasn't. And you said no, and he didn't listen. It doesn't matter because no means no, there is no actions that justify or no, there's nothing that justifies being assaulted, nothing. And, um, I think that that's something that we just have to like draw a line there. And it's, it's just clear for us listening to this, that like, there is nothing that you could have done differently because this person, like you said, I don't know what that line was. I'd love for you to say it again, but just like that, that was already in in this person. This person was going to do it with or without you. Unfortunately, you just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And that to me, it just, it's exactly what it is. And, um, like with the comment made about your shorts, like it really makes me sad that it has become like the victim's responsibility to dull themselves in some way. Right. Whether it's like dull yourself in what you choose to wear or like tone down your personality or there's always something that someone is going to say like, oh, you did this and that attracted them or, oh, you did this or you wore that. And in reality, it's just not true. Like there's no version to me of the world where you should have to make yourself less right so others don't act poorly like if a person respects you as a human being those things aren't going to happen and Mm -hmm. if they don't then it truly is on them and that's something that's ingrained in them and has nothing to do with you right right so what is your vision and dreams now Um, where are you at now in your life? So now I am married um, and I'm kind of in a good place just all around. So, you know, right now I'm just really happy with where I am. Like, I feel like I'm where I should be 
and I've gotten to a point where this doesn't affect me daily. Like, there are times where I pretty frequently think about it, because um, I think even now I'm still continuing to process, but um, I'm no longer at that point where it changes my whole mood or ruins, like, entire days, which... I'm really thankful for, but, um, yeah, I think I'm just in a really good place and my vision and hope is that I just continue to grow within myself and within my family and, um, just kind of ready for whatever happens, but I'm just really content with where I am. Yeah. (laughs) And for those like listening, um, so we've actually known each other since we were how old? Um, we met in middle school, and I think we're, I'm a little bit older, so I think it was right when you were in sixth grade and I was in seventh grade, so we've known each other definitely the majority of our lives. Yeah, and then she um, ended up marrying my childhood friend, <laughs> which is even funnier because, like, I knew both of them since I was a kid, but I like they never knew each other. And so then when I found out that they were dating, I was like, wait, what? Like you guys know each other and now they're married and it's just really exciting. And I think seeing people that I love be with people that I know are good, good humans. Like it really just, I think means something to me on like a different level now. Um, and so it's just like knowing him and your husband and like knowing that he's just like a really solid, good guy. Um, and that you have that, it just makes me really happy for you. So yeah, definitely got lucky with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on here and sharing your story. I really appreciate, I really appreciate it. And I think it's crazy to see things full circle and just, I don't know, all the, I think connections here with high school and college as we went to college together and just I don't know. You just, you don't know that people, what people are going through. And I think it reminds me just to like, really be kind to others. Um, because like, we truly don't know what others are experiencing behind closed doors. And I think like, I had no idea that you had, were going through this in college and we were friends in college, but I I had no idea. And so like, it's just crazy to think that we're, you know, we're all battling things in, in, in quiet sometimes and processing at different levels. And, um, so I think, yeah, just like it really brings things to the surface for me. And I think the more that I have people reach out that I know, and they're like, Hey, I want to share my story. And I'm like, I didn't even know this was your story. You know, I didn't even know you're going through this or you went through this. And so it's crazy how many people have experienced, um, assault, but yeah. Thank you for coming on and just being vulnerable. I really appreciate it. And I know that your story is going to resonate with a lot of people. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you for letting me do it. It kind of felt like it was to be nice. So I'm glad I got to do it. Yeah. All right, guys, tune in next Thursday um, for episode three on what was her name season two. We will see you then.